Welcome to the Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. Well, welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and again, we're going to be talking about the Kingdom of God. And listening to the news before the radio show begins, I, I, I'm constantly just cringing at the ideas that are coming across through most of the media, even fairly decent media who's trying to get you the truth out have been so overwhelmed by the lies and misinformation that is floating around that any decent journalist could uh, argue against an overthrow by just doing a little tiny bit of research. Uh, but they're not. Uh, it is it is the epitome of mass hysteria. And before we get into the lie that everybody believes about modern religion, so that you can actually see what the keys to the kingdom are, which are written right in the New Testament, out of the mouth of Christ. Let's take a quick look. Uh, they were just talking about you can go fly, but you got to take the PCR test before you go fly to make sure you don't have COVID. There is absolutely no PCR test in existence that can tell whether or not you have COVID or not. When they say a positive test, they are talking about the presence of some sort of RNA that is in your body to some degree or another that could come from bacterial infections, almost any flu infection. It could actually be simply your body cleansing itself because of a change in your diet. It could be all sorts of things that have nothing to do with COVID. Uh, just as an example, everybody's talking about this terrible plague, COVID, and we all have to wear masks because we could all die of covid you know, the death toll in 2015 for the state of Oregon, according to the Oregon Health Authority, was 35,709 people. The following year was 35,799 people. So it was about 90 people more. The next year was 36,640 people. Numbers going up. Of course, there's more people in Oregon, so that's likely to happen. 2018, 36,191 people. That actually dropped a little bit. How about 2019? 37,391 people. That's as most as they had had since 2015. Uh, what about 2020? <laughs> the year of the plague, the year of death and and shutdowns to save us from the terrible coronavirus pet plague. 32,330. That's, that's almost 3,000 less people die in Oregon. And you got to count in the suicides that have been caused by the uh, shutdown. No, there is no plague. If you were actually, there is a flu. People die of the flu every year. 
60,000, 70,000 people have died in one year, you know, one seasonal flu season uh, in the United States alone. And how were those numbers collected? How did they calculate that up? Are they actually dying from the flu? Almost all those normal deaths from 30 to 60,000 people from the flu are people with two or more morbidities. Same thing now, except for now they've padded the death tolls and they have you all panicking. Even the Christians are panicking. You know why? Because they're not real Christians. Because real Christians know you are to fear not. And these are fake Christians and that's what we're going to get into and show you that you may be one of those fake Christians under a strong delusion. Jesus said there'd be a lot of you. And he he said that to warn you so that you would know that you would be in need of repentance if you found yourself to be a fake Christian. You know, a false Christian. Someone who says, Lord, Lord, but actually is a worker of iniquity. So, who are those people? Well, we'll get to that. And it, it, you can figure it out for yourself whether you're, you've been believing a lie, whether you want to be a Christian, that may be true. But are you a Christian? Are you a doer of the word? Or are you doing contrary to the teachings of Jesus Christ? Have you been seduced to believe a lie that just is not true? You have to decide that. Your soul is on the line. Not that... It, it doesn't matter what other people believe. It only matters what you believe and how you respond to that belief. Remember, faith is probity. It's a, it's a way in which to, that you believe something so much you have to operate in that particular way. Well, this week somebody gave us, uh, gave me and then I pass it on to, uh, or we actually, they called me and wanted to pass it on, but then they did it. Um, to uh, well, one of my sons and then we passed it on to a lot of people and now more and more people are beginning to see it because the cat is out of the bag but there's a draft for a uh, uh, legislative uh, bill 1701 and it's a remake uh, of an earlier bill but there's quite a bit of changes in it and the whole idea is that uh it's going to remove rights, just simply remove rights from parents uh, to decide the medical interests of their children. And it does it right across the board. I was actually going to look up some other quotes in the Oregon Constitution, so how it so violates the Oregon Constitution. But there is no Oregon Constitution. If you, if you think anybody is operating according to the Oregon Constitution in Oregon, well, guess again. Uh, th- there's something else afoot. And this this is going across the board. Your governments have become absolutely lawless. But that is the end result of you actually becoming lawless. Because you've all violated the laws of God. You violated the Ten Commandments. The first, second, and third, and fourth. And let's see. Probably we could throw in the fifth. Because what your servants do in your name is on your head. 
you know, if you've licensed your servants to murder and steal, then that's on your head. Uh, certainly, coveting, that's on your head. So, you know, 9 and 10 are covered in that. Bearing false witness, 70 to 80% of the people holding the legislature uh, positions or elected positions in the state of Oregon are all in violation of bearing false witness because they claim, you know, they go out and take oaths to abide by the Constitution and and the vast majority of them are not abiding by the Constitution as a matter of their own public record. Easily proved in a few minutes. And we have already. Go read our article uh, at Preparing You of Article 2, Section 22 and you can see it. We actually have a list uh, of all the people that uh, are in violation. And they, they've taken oath. They know they're in violation. And they actually signed uh, bills to be put into the election, the Measure 107, to change the Constitution so that they don't go to jail as felons. Of course, they've already committed the felony, so it doesn't matter that they've changed the law now. They're still felons. It's just... The, the corruption is rampant and they changed the law so they could openly receive bribes so that they could settle, uh, sell their and peddle the influence they have in making these laws like I just mentioned. Meanwhile, the people are all taking stimulus checks. What is it? Two trillion dollars in stimulus checks because of, uh, uh, COVID, and I guess they're probably going to have more. I don't know how many they have. I, I mean, I'm not getting one of those checks, and even if I got one, I wouldn't cash it. But uh, if you if you divided up the population in uh, in the United States of 330 million people into uh, two trillion dollars, everybody gets six thousand bucks. You know, if you had a you know, I know a family's got over 10 kids. I think they have 10 kids. Maybe they have nine kids. But uh say they had 10 people in their family. They'd get $60,000. That'd be cool. Except for their children, it'd all be $60,000 more in debt. Because <laughs> all this money is borrowed, which, of course, is a violation of keeping the Sabbath. Because the Sabbath is about debt. And if you don't believe me, go read our article and probably have audios up that explain why the Sabbath is about staying out of debt. It's not about a day. It's about a way of staying out of debt. That you work and then you earn what you work for. You don't borrow against the future. You certainly don't curse your children with debt. Everybody is cursing their children with debt. Peter said you would if you engaged in covetous practices well, desiring that stimulus check at the expense of others is ga- engaging in covetous practices. De- desiring any benefits from men who exercise authority and borrow money against the future of your nation, that's a covetous practice that will curse your children with the debt that you are creating. You can go online and look up the debt clock and watch that debt just screaming to astronomical numbers. That would not happen in a Christian nation. That can't happen in a nation following Christ. But you're not following Christ. You're following a strong delusion. 
you've gone the way not cast up. You are in need of repentance. Should I have said that nicer? Is there an easier way of doing it? Theoretically, I just attacked your delusion. But you're you're under a very strong delusion. That's what this term we've talked about for a couple of weeks now. And we've got pages up and I have added recordings to it at preparingyou.com. Cognitive dissonance. Uh, cognitive dissonance. It, it's, it's a term that was invented in the 1950s by a psychologist. But it, it's been around for a long time and it, it's, it's simply the pain you feel when somebody points out that what you think ain't so. What you believe ain't true. You get new information that tells you that what I thought was true is not true. And once you get that information, that's kind of uncomfortable to to receive information that proves that you were wrong. You were an error. You know, the big red mark on your paper that you turned in at school and you get this big F or whatever it is marked on your page. They always seem to write the F in such bold letters. The A, they put it up in the corner in a little tiny letter. <laughs> but at least it seems that way because it doesn't feel good to find out you were wrong, you were an idiot, you were a fool, that you were an error. That you're not righteous, that you're not good, that you're a sinner, that you have betrayed Christ, you have, you know, given Christ the kiss of betrayal. You said, Lord, Lord, but you are not doing the will of the Father. And Christ said, it's not those who say they believe. It's, it, you know, you, you read Paul and you, you take Paul out of the context of Paul and you think that I am saved because I said, I confess that I believe in Jesus Christ. But what if you're a liar? Then you, the fact that you say you believe in Christ is just another lie. Satan is a, is a false accuser, bearer of false witness. So are you doing what Christ said to do? Are you are you telling the truth when you say you believe in Christ? Do you know Christ enough to say you even believe in Christ? So anyway, I recommend a lot of people go to that page on cognitive dissonance. I added a little bit to the bottom, which is Second Thessalonians chapter two, and uh, and it really tells you a lot. And maybe we will get into that today. But uh, what I'd like to do is give you the solution to what's going on. And there's so many things going on. I mean, the PCR tests are an absolute joke. They're going around saying, I read an article last night. Uh, I don't think I have it open, so I can't really tell you. Uh, no, no, I, I, it, was, it was so atrocious, I closed it. <laughs> but uh, they... Uh, it was a Washington Post article and written by a, a woman who uh, was writing about South Dakota and some coach down there who died. He's 72 years old and he died supposedly of COVID. You know, I haven't read the medical report. I mean, supposedly George Floyd died because policemen knelt on his neck and, and suffocated him. 
and abused him. Well, no, George Floyd died because George Floyd has been abusing George Floyd since he was a teenager. Because George Floyd is a sociopath and a compulsive liar. He, he cannot see what he's doing was wrong. There's video of George Floyd being arrested earlier on same kind of drugs. You know, out in the, it looked like it was almost in the country. It was broad daylight. Cops were arresting him. And he was saying then, I'm not that kind of guy. I don't want to be arrested. I, I'm, I'm a good guy. I'm not that kind of guy. He had drugs in his mouth at that time. And you could see the fentanyl when he was arrested the second time. And he swallowed it. And he had enough fentanyl on him to kill three of me. But, uh, Yeah, George Floyd killed himself. And if we were honest, if the media was honest, we would have probably been able to help George Floyd years ago. Can't guarantee that. Because he has to want the help. What's the help he needs? The help he needs is somebody needs to tell him he is that kind of guy. He is destroying his life. He is... A sociopath. He is denying his guilt and refusing to look at his problem as his problem. And that's our problem. It's not what his problem is. Our problem is that we don't look at what we're doing. We think we're not that kind of guy. We think we're good guys. We think we're Christians. We think we're practicing pure religion. Nothing could be farther from the truth. We are practicing false religion in the name of Christ. That's taking the name of Christ in vain. Because you don't live by faith, hope, and charity. You live by force, fear, and fealty. You've become accustomed to living at the expense of others. Socialism isn't coming to America. It's here already. That's You know that because you're getting a stimulus check. That's socialism. You know, we have a page up. You go look up the, the uh, Communist Manifesto at Preparing You. There's a page there that will show you that all ten planks of the Communist Manifesto are law in the United States today. You do not have a republic. I mean, it's out there somewhere, but you're not in it. You're in a social democracy with stimulus checks and Social Security and the Corbin of the Pharisees and Medicare and Medicaid. Somebody, we we shared this new bill that is coming up with a number of people in our local communities and in Oregon and uh, on Facebook and... Uh, I posted to several people last night that were chatting away because they were finding out about it. And as soon as I posted, nothing else has come across their sense. <laughs> because the problem is not the fact that the legislature wants to pass this 1701 uh, legislation, uh, which we just put the, you know, the rough draft up. Uh, and and I quoted from it a little bit. I showed some of uh, some of the things that they said from it, so that people could see what they have in mind. Of course, if you were really, if your ministers were really preaching the gospel, you'd already know 
what they have in mind, you would already be prepared to do something about it. But uh, you're not prepared. And uh, you, you, you watch the news. My gosh. Uh, I also shared a, a book called Slanted. And it, it's slanted and it's got a full longer title. How the news media taught us to love censorship and hate journalism. Because there really is almost no journalism out there. Even people like Tucker Carlson really isn't doing journalism. I mean, he's a commentator most of the time. He does say things that are a little bit truer. But he doesn't see the big picture like Christ did. But, uh, you know, what what was it, Thomas Jefferson? This is not new. It's just getting to be an extreme. Uh, that, That book, Slanted, you can look for it. It's Cheryl Atkinson is the author of it. She's an Emmy Award-winning investigative journalist. And she's pointing out that all the media is not telling you the truth. Not, not The media is not telling you all the truth. All the media is not telling you the truth. Not the whole truth, for sure. Some will tell you a little bit of truth, but that's they're rare and they're not the major media. Most people are listening to the people that are lying, like that article in, about South Dakota talking about all these cases and people dying. You think that people are laying around in the streets, you know, writhing from coronavirus. No. Death toll's down. Death toll is less than it was in 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, it's less in 2020. There are a few places that kind of match previous year's uh, data, but certainly not in Oregon. So, where's the plague? You know, I don't see the plague. I see the media giving you, you know, saying cases are up. No, testing is up. Testing with the PCR test, which is why I mentioned that right off, is the PCR test is not virus specific. Where did I get that from? From the manufacturers of the test. You know, I, I quoted right off their instructions that this test isn't going to tell you whether you have COVID or not. They know that. I mean, I can quote you nurses down in the local hospital that don't know it, but they never read the packet either. <laughs> if you actually do just minor research, you know that this is all made up. That There's a flu virus and people die of the flu virus every year. So what is this new thing that's going to take away your rights? And is it really the beginning of taking away your rights? Or have you already waived your rights because you haven't been following the directives of Christ the King? And what is the solution? Well, we're going to try to cover all that in the rest of the show. So stay tuned. Okay, welcome back. So let's get through this ridiculous law that they're proposing in Oregon. And they're they're saying things going on in other states, California, Washington, and probably many of the other states throughout across the nation. And uh, what's the real end game? What's the real goal? Well, maybe we'll touch a little bit on that as well to show you some of the repercussions. I mean, the repercussions just go on and on and on. But this bill is not the problem. This bill is the evidence of the problem. The problem is you don't understand what's in the Bible. Old Testament or New Testament. 
The Bible was telling you how to be the government of the people, for the people, and by the people. The the, the Bible was telling you how to become free and stay free. Souls under God. That's what the Bible is trying to tell you. But you have been just as misdirected about the contents of the Bible as you have been about the PCR test and the coronavirus. Coronavirus hit the Diamond Princess cruise early on, right away. You had an entire population of 1,500, more than 1,500 people closed up in a tight ship with circulating air ducts and and a kitchen full of people from China who had the coronavirus and were spreading it amongst all the passengers of the ship in the hallways, those tight, uh, closed-in hallways. And how many died? Uh, not one percent. <laughs> the most vulnerable population crammed together, uh, having people with COVID cooking their meals. <laughs> And less than 1% died. And of those who died, all of them had pre-existing conditions. And some of them only died because of bad medical treatment that they received. Some of them were put on ventilators. And ventilators kill people who are suffering from labored breathing because of COVID. Because the COVID... The, the coronavirus is attacking, first of all, it's, it's actually not attacking, it's just replicating itself in your system. Your system is replicating it. It doesn't even replicate itself. And when your cells, the elastic cells in your lungs, start replicating this virus, eventually your immune system recognizes that and shuts those cells down. Those cells die out, devitalize, die out, because your body's shutting them down in a cytokine storm and new cells are being born to replace them, but you're going to end up with labor breathing because the elasticity of your cells has gone away. And, you know, if you've been really infected and your system was slow to kick in and it's normal uh, immunity and somebody puts you on a ventilator, they're going to cause more damage because they're going to force your your lungs to expand while they're trying to recover from being sick from from damaged tissue because your body is shutting down the cells that are reproducing the virus at too rapid a rate or there's too many cells that are doing it so too many cells and it gives you labored breathing it's your own system that is actually killing you because it's trying too hard, too fast to save you. And then somebody puts a ventilator in and they kill you off dead. Uh, there's all kinds of things that you could do to slow down that reaction. Probably the worst thing you do is drink a lot of sugar water. What were they doing for all the patients? They're handing out Gatorade. <laughs> so, uh, no, the... Lots and lots of things you can do to help, but they don't know anything about immunology and medicine because if you become immune, you don't need a doctor anymore. 
and you don't need a vaccine anymore. But anyway, that's another story. So let's go up there passing this law. They want to pass this law. Hopefully a lot of people will protest it. But really that's still not the solution, even if you stop that, because the law is a symptom of the problem. The symptom is that you, as somebody from Sweden posted something that, you know, talking about the new vaccine could turn people into zombies. You know, there's some meme going around showing that. There's actually several of them. Some of them are kind of funny uh, if it wasn't so serious. But I said, if you think you need a vaccine to protect you from coronavirus, you already are a zombie because you're not thinking. You don't, you're an, an immunity denier. People talk about vaccine deniers. You're an immunity denier. Immunity is what makes you safe. But anyway, let's just start reading this bill to give you an idea of what these zombies are thinking. This bill, at the draft summary, starts off, removes ability of parent to decline required immunizations against restrictable diseases. That's what they call it, restrictable diseases, on behalf of child for reason other than the child's indicated medical diagnosis. Indicated medical diagnosis. So you have to have a licensed professional indicate a medical diagnosis diagnosis that says this child should not have the vaccine. And what are the parameters for that? Well, you don't get to decide that either. And even your medical practitioner can't decide that. Somebody else is going to decide that for him. And we're going to find out who that is. But anyway, allows child, they refer to it, allows child, single, who is not immunized or exempt for reasons of in, uh of indicated medical diagnosis to attend school that provides educational programs through online courses. So they can take online courses, but they can't attend school. Now, this all starts uh, in supposedly 2022, because this is supposedly passed in 2021. Prohibits child from attending in-person specified school-related events, meetings, and opportunities allows Oregon Health Authority to recommend diseases in addition to restrictable diseases against which children may be immunized. So, restrictable diseases are supposed to be certain diseases, but the Oregon Health Authority can expand that to all kinds of other vaccines. Anyway, it goes on to say, directs boards that regulate certain licensed healthcare practitioners to review documents completed by licensed healthcare practitioners granting exemptions from immunization requirements because of indicated medical diagnosis. In other words, simple terms, your doctor can't even decide whether or not the child should get the vaccine. Some board is now practicing medicine and determining medical treatment for your child. And you have been removed from the decision as to whether or not your child should be immunized. Because it's not your child. It's 
your daddy's child. And who's your daddy? The state. How do we know who your daddy is? Because you got a stimulus check and you cashed it. That's how we know who your daddy is because your daddy's taking care of you because the state has become the parent. It's called Parents, Patriots, and, uh, what is it, Title, uh, is it Title 15 or Title 8? <laughs> Section 15. Anyway, we have, we have many references to it. Uh, I, I, I'm drawing a blank on it right now. But it actually has the Latin word, Parents, Patriot. The state is your father in the U.S. codes. It's brought down to us from Caesar himself, who used to be the Patronus of Rome, the Our Father of Rome. Why? Because he presented the stimulus to the population of the Roman Empire through the Roman Imperial Court uh, cult. The Roman Imperial Cult passed out free bread, free cheese, free wine, free money to the people. You could get a little little clay tablet, a little clay like coin, uh, tessera they called it, and you sh- show that at the temple and you get free bread today. Free grain giveaway today. And that will get you through the week and then you can come back next week and we'll give you some more. It's kind of the, the, the original IBT card. So anyway, it goes on to say, defines licensed healthcare practitioner, requires boards to annually report to authority on results of review. The authority is not you. It's not we the people. Uh, and, you know, you know, of course, we've already told you we the people. I mean, the whole, whole bill starts out talking about we the people of Oregon passed this bill. But that's not you. You don't even get to vote on it. They're going to pass it. <laughs> you see, because we the people of Oregon doesn't mean you. It means the legislature. And who's the legislature? It's those, uh, the, the vast majority of those guys who are in office illegally because they were elected illegally because they're all in violation of the campaign finance laws put into the Oregon Constitution by the people back in 1991. And they have been allowed to do that by people who acquiesce because they didn't want to upset their buddies. And all the other people who are so ignorant who've never even read the Oregon Constitution don't even know what the rules are by which their supposed leaders are to operate and absolutely ignore. And even though they stand up there, raise their right hand and swear they will abide by the Oregon Constitution, the vast majority of them are in violation of the Oregon Constitution. So they're all liars. And you believe them and you follow them. Now, there's a lot of people getting all upset about the shutdown, getting all upset about so many people being uh, wrecked, their livelihoods being wrecked, their businesses being wrecked, uh, and they're very upset about that. And and I know they're very upset about it because they said so on Facebook. (laughs) But it's not changing anything. You know, I've, I've actually seen people putting out death threats on Facebook. I call them out on it right away. That that's that that rhetoric is not going to solve anything. Getting angry is not going to solve anything. 
getting upset at what they have done and what they are about to do, which is to give an RNA vaccine to all of your children. You know, you know what normally takes place when RNA vaccines are tested? They have animal trials. They've tried to bring RNA vaccines. These are synthetic RNA vaccines. When I say RNA vaccines, I'm referring to synthetic RNA vaccines. All vaccines have RNA material in them. Ribonucleic acid in them. Uh, some can be DNA, uh, synthetic DNA vaccines, but some are RNA vaccines. And mostly what they're dealing with now for this COVID vaccine is RNA vaccines. I mean, there's like 86 different test uh, vaccines out there, at least 80 some different ones. I don't know. Most of the front runners are the the RNA uh, synthetic RNA vaccines. Pfizer's certainly is. And during animal trials previously, because you know cows get COVID too, cats get COVID. Uh, the, the, these these diseases have been around for a long time. Uh, the reality is is that. Uh, when they've had animal trials before with these synthetic RNA vaccinations, they do it with like mice and other small animals. And then they test, they continue the test after they've given the vaccine. And they found that because of genetic uh, changes, because of uh, what they call uh, pathogenic priming, that after you get that RNA vaccine, the animals got the RNA vaccine, they became susceptible to other diseases where they got much sicker from other diseases and other um, forms of the same types of viruses. They got extremely ill. Some Many died. Not from the vaccine, but from the changes that took place in their own bodies that caused them to be more less uh, immune to other diseases that came along. There was a secondary side effect that uh, I've read about in numerous studies. How pervasive it is, I don't know. It would take me a lot more time than I have to read them, but I've read numerous studies, uh, at least two, maybe uh, two and a half studies that uh, came up with the fact that Fertility was a serious problem with the test animals after they received an RNA vaccine, that their fertility levels went down. Now, we've already seen, and I've talked to other people about it, the PV virus um, that was a vaccine that was all around in Europe a lot and in America, you know, girls and even guys are supposed to get it because there's precarious of this uh, virus. Uh, the fertility rates have dropped between, between amongst some of these people from 25 to 60%. So the birth rate is dropping. In Europe, the birth rate has dropped for a lot of reasons, but it could be in part, the statistics could be as high as they are because of this vaccine, the PV vaccines that they were given out. If, why they skipped animal trials. Now, they have other vaccines, like I say, other vaccines that are, are still under testing. I don't know if they're all 
uh, coronavirus vaccines, but there's at least 80 of them. I don't know if they're all uh, synthetic RNA vaccines, but uh, they are putting those through animal trials. But it takes a while before you know whether or not you've affected the fertility of the animals that you're testing. Uh, and it takes a while before you know whether you have damaged their immune system so that there has been pathogenic priming so that they're more likely to get other illnesses. We know that uh, just getting the regular annual flu vaccine, this is a military test that took place that you were 30% or more likely to have severe symptoms from coronavirus if you got the normal flu vaccine before you got coronavirus. That's what that's what the studies, yeah, the military, U.S. military studies came up. And these are the healthiest guys getting those vaccines. I don't know what happens to elderly people. So all this information is out there, but it's just not getting out. It's not getting out through Facebook because they're shadow banning all this stuff. Uh, it's not getting out through Google because they their search engines are all controlled. It's it's not getting out in the media because they all have this crazy agenda. And because of mass hysteria. Because people have worn the mask and accepted the idea that the coronavirus is some gigantic plague. Like somebody wrote me and, you know, they just didn't have their facts straight. But they referred to the bubonic plague as a virus, which it is not. It's a bacterial. Uh, that it was spread by people. It is not, generally speaking. It's spread by a flea. It's a bacteria that lives in a flea. It's actually a parasite of a parasite of a rat. <laughs> and if you get that bacteria in you, you could get the bubonic plague. And they said that three quarters of Europe died from the bubonic plague. Not so. Uh, yeah, maybe 50 million people, maybe 60 million people died from the bubonic plague. A lot of people survived it. Uh, it's, it's very similar to tularemia. And we have tularemia out here. You get it from fleas. Tularemia, you get it from fleas. And, and we had a friend, a young kid, who had a pet jackrabbit. It was a baby one that he found. And he kept it in a little cage. And next thing you know, he had bubonic plague. He had tularemia. Same symptoms. But he survived it. But, yeah, 50 million people, maybe 60 at the tops died. This is over hundreds and hundreds of years. It wasn't like one day you had, you know, uh, a plague run through and three quarters of Europe died off. It, actually, the side effects of the people who did die off is that labor price uh, prices went up, wages went up. And it actually developed a middle class because you could be a, just a poor laborer and actually make a decent wage because of the deaths. Not that I encourage deaths for that reason. But the the bubonic plague was a real plague. And it hit real cities at times and spread, you know, it's usually where there was lots of rats and poor sanitation and nobody taking a bath and... And uh, nobody doing anything about the fleas and animals running in and out of the house all the time. And yeah, so it was a plague. But you could even develop an immunity so that you don't get it. 
that's how powerful your immune system is. So anyway, if you go down in this bill, let's get back to this bill because one of the things they did, you know, I, I we have copies of it all, and we can maybe even put it on uh, and so that you can see it. Uh, I have a link to where it's now online, but uh, you join our network and ask, and we'll show you it. But anyway. Uh, you know, uh, it talks about physicians mean a physician licensed by the Oregon Medical Board or by the Oregon Board of Naturopathic Medicine or physicians similarly licensed by another state or country in which the physician practices or commissioned medical officer of the armed forces and public health services of the United States. Well, that's a lot of people that they're mentioning. That's all removed. That's not in there anymore. It's got to be who the Oregon Health Authority says is a licensed medical uh, practitioner. It isn't that group I just named. That's been removed. So even though they may say that the person should not get the shot, the Oregon Health Authority, the supreme authority of your life now, they can say, no, you got to get it anyway. Now, of course, the good news about this, a lot of people may start homeschooling their children. That's the good news. But the bad news, all your neighbors are going to start getting the vaccine. They're, they're going to need the certificates. You know, the, uh, you know, this is, we won't go into all this because we just don't have the time, but, uh, they're going to want to know who gets the vaccine and who doesn't. And if you don't get the vaccine, you're danger. You know, it says right on the package that, you're pregnant, you should not get the vaccine. If you're thinking of getting pregnant within the next two months, you should not get the vaccine. If you're breastfeeding, you should not get the vaccine. People may not be telling you that. Why is all that? Well, they it's not because of liability, because there is no liability. You can't hold them responsible. But at least there's some remnant of a conscience in there, and so they did put that on some of the packaging for the virus, but they may not be telling you that. But when you start putting this synthetic virus into the community, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Uh, your neighbor's going to have this. And what it does is it causes your cell to replicate the antigen. So they're actually turning everybody who gets the vaccine into a producer of the disease. That's right. And you've created a gigantic laboratory where your body is a laboratory. That's what your immune system, but now it's going to have you generating the antigen, not the antibody. Your body has to figure out how to produce the antibody. And supposedly it will when it sees the antigen that it just taught your body to produce. This is what's going on. There's a lot more to it, but we're not going to go into the whole lessons of that. There's a lot of things they take out. Uh, there's a lot of things they put in. When it says, notwithstanding paragraph A of this subsection, a child transferring from a school in the United States must submit the documents required by subsection 1 of this section, not later than the exclusive date set by the rule of the authority, which again is the Oregon Health Authority. And interesting, the Oregon Health Authority is not an elected official. These are, these are bureaucracies created by supposedly elected officials, but in Oregon, 
most of the officials that are supposedly elected are actually felons and should be put in jail. Uh, but they're not because the people are asleep. So anyway, let's see if we can't get to the solution. I can go down this whole thing and go through it paragraph by paragraph. I went through and studied it all in great detail. But the real solution is to do what Christ said from the beginning. What Christ commanded from the beginning. What he told his church to do. And to stop doing what he told his church not to do. And you can go back to Moses, what Moses told the people to do. And what Moses told the people not to do is actually what Christ said. Because Moses and Christ, we see in the New Testament, were in agreement. The problem is, is that you don't know what they were doing in the Old Testament. Because you've been misled by just a dozen different words. You know, you think altars of stone are altars of dead stone. Altars of unhewn stone are piles of rock that were not hewn. You think that the sacrifice of the people is people putting sheep on top of dead stones and setting them on fire. That's not what it says. Those are metaphors. The stones were always lively stones. And in the Hebrew, a gathering of stones is a gathering of men. Same words. That's what the, the altars were. It was a network of men that were very charitable that were so charitable and so kind that the people sacrificed their sheep, their olive oil, their whatever it is that they produced most of, and they shared it with those men who took care of the religion of the people. That's another word, religion. Religion is how you take care of the needy of your society. How do you take care of the needy of your society in your church? You go to the supreme authority in your state or in your federal government or in your nation and those are men who exercise authority and Christ said you weren't to be that way but you are so you're not following Jesus Christ I don't know who you're following it's a false Christ we'll be right back stay tuned for more well welcome back to keys of the kingdom so what makes a society strong what makes a nation strong it's the individual's the, in that society and what makes the individual strong is the practice of social virtues the practice of character uh, what makes you healthy it's a strong immune system it's uh, and, and what makes an immune system weak uh, what breaks it down dependence on other things you you need to develop a strong immune system physically and mentally and spiritually so that you are not seduced into believing a lie or replicating a lie or replicating a virus. All the things that are going on in your physical body are a reflection of what's going on in your spiritual body. And that's what makes you vulnerable. If you want to believe you're right, it doesn't make you right. And as a matter of fact, no man is really righteous. He either seeks righteousness or he doesn't. And seeking righteousness requires sacrifice. Sacrifice of time, sacrifice of energy, sacrifice of pride. And so uh, we've we talked for the last couple of weeks about freedom of religion. 
And like I say, if you go to preparingyou.com, we have an article up there on freedom of religion. Just look that up in the search engine. You'll find that. And uh, it, it was talking about uh, Ke- Kelly Shackelford. And uh, we explained that he doesn't really see the importance of freedom of religion as much as he needs to see it. Because he doesn't understand the word religion. He thinks religion is what you think about God. And that is the definition today in the in the dictionaries and in Google. But that wasn't the definition 200 years ago. And it wasn't the definition 2,000 years ago. To Christ and the Christians. They thought religion was how you take care of the needy of society. And pure religion was taking care of the needy of society, unspotted by the force and compelled offerings required by the fathers of the earth, by the benefactors who exercise authority, by the state of the Pharisees, and by King Herod. Christ required that you love one another, not force one another to contribute to your welfare. And there is the problem. There's the rub. There's the thing that makes you not a Christian. Is that you are have become accustomed to forcing your neighbor to contribute to your welfare. Medicare. Somebody was just saying in uh, uh, responding to when my son put up this uh, thing on the internet uh, showing the, this new bill that they're trying to pass. And uh, he was pointing this out and somebody was responding that uh, do you know what happens? Let's see if I, I got it right here. Uh, did you know when you qualify for Medicaid due to being low income and you're given something that disables you even farther, you know, your doctor gives you something that would fall under malpractice suit and you sue him for what he's done to you, crippled you, where's the money go? It goes back to Medicaid. It goes back to daddy. And it's the same thing. I knew people that were on welfare. And uh, welfare was actually helping them pay their mortgage while they were on welfare. But when they sold their house, they had to pay all that money back. And that's reasonable. Because the government doesn't operate on charity. And like I said, the Bible was the book written for the government of the people, for the people, and by the people. It, that's that's why the Bible is telling you how to be a government at, so that you're a free soul under God. That's the, the kingdom of God. The God, God is your king. You know, Jesus Christ, there is another king, one Jesus. What were the Christians doing so that they could say that? Well, they had another system of religion. They did not go to the religion of the government temples of Rome that were handing out free bread and wine and money and... And all those, you know, tesseras. They didn't go to those temples and get their their daily ministration. They had their own daily ministration. They sacrificed on living altars. You know, we are lively stones, they say. They may they were the temple of God. It was within the hearts and minds of every man. They weren't going to Caesar and saying You know, there's a dearth in the land. There's a famine in the land. We need free bread. Will you give us free bread? Will you give us a stimulus check? 
They were going to the called out ministers appointed by Christ. Appointed what? Appointed a kingdom that was operating by faith, hope, and charity. Rather than going to Caesar who operated by force, fear, and fealty. You are so used to and so accustomed to operating by force and fear that you have become susceptible to fear. So somebody says COVID and you jump and you think, oh my gosh, I don't want to get this disease. I don't want to get it either, but I already had it. I don't want to get it worse. I'm, I'm an old man. I'm in poor health. You know, by some people's standards. I mean, I can still outwork most people. <laughs> but, you know, I was never a healthy child. I was sick. I was supposed to die some 50 years ago. <laughs> but, thank God's grace, I'm still here. For as long as God continues to extend that grace to me. But you're not seeking the kingdom of God. You're seeking the benefits of the world. So therefore you are not following Christ, obeying Christ, or doing as Christ said. You need to turn around and look the other way. And now, with this bill which will probably pass, I think, you know, if you want to go protest it, go protest it. You could, if you were actually, if everybody who said they're Christians were actually Christians, you could... Overnight, you could produce such a protest that they would dare not try to pass this. The reality is, if you were all Christians who say you are Christians, you would be in a network of tens, hundreds, and thousands as Christ commanded, and you would have already removed Kate Brown from the office of governor and all those you know, 70% to 80% of the congressmen, you wouldn't have had to remove them all. They would have repented and they would stop this corruption and selling and peddling of influence. You know, you go down and you see everybody voting for forced vaccinations. Where did they get the money from? They got it from out-of-state organizations, out-of-their-district organizations that are promoting vaccines because it's a billion-dollar industry. You can make this, kill people, sterilize whole populations, and you don't have to pay a dime. You can't be sued. You have immunity. You are the new royalty. And there are people that would like to see all your children sterilized. They would like to see uh, six billion people gone from the face of the earth. And no more... People being able to, they, they may not get those, you know, vaccines for their children, but because, of course, their children aren't going to public school. See, the thing is, is, you know, private schools are not exempt. You can't just say, well, I'm going to send my kid to a private school. No, not exempt. Read the bill. So, and, and again, this, I'm showing you the, the direction of a spirit that is moving in your society because you are already Surrounded by zombies who cannot think for themselves, who cannot look at facts and see them objectively because they're all suffering from cognitive dissonance. You're suffering from cognitive dissonance as well because you think you're a Christian. 
you think you're following Christ because your minister who thinks he's a minister of Christ told you that this is all you had to do. Again, I said that the Bible was written for the government of the people, for the people, and by the people. Like I said, that was what was written in the foreword of the Wycliffe Bible, one of the first English translations of the Bible. That was in the foreword, and that's probably where Lincoln got the phrase. But what they're telling you is how to take care of one another without praying to the men who call themselves benefactors but exercise authority one over the other, like the Oregon Health Authority and these stimulus packages that are coming out and the Medicare and the Medicaid and the welfare and pay my college loan and take care of my parents for me because I don't have to take care of my parents because I already gave at the altar. Isn't that what they said? The Corbin of the Pharisees was making the word of God to none effect because the sons were saying, I have already sacrificed. They should go to the temple. And the temple will take care of my parents because I pay into the temple to provide social security for my parents. That's what the Corbin of the Pharisees was. But it made the word of God to none effect because it was no longer based on charity. It was based on forced offerings. Yeah, I was going to some Hebrew the other day and I saw, the, I think it's Gaba. Uh, there's two bits in, in, in the word. And it means to kind of elevate and uh, to, to almost like to create a hierarchy. And I thought, well, yeah, that absolutely makes sense because that was the name of one of the tax collectors who would go around and collect the Corbin from all those people who registered with uh, Herod and the Pharisees to become a part of this social welfare system of forced offerings. But if it's forced offerings, it's making the word of God to none effect. If you're applying for benefits that are provided by forced offerings, you're already rejecting the way of God. You're rejecting the way of Christ. You're rejecting the way of John the Baptist because John the Baptist didn't do it by force like all the other nations were doing it. He said those that had extra share with those that don't have enough. Do, the, do it with your coat. Do it the same in meats. That was what made Christians Christians. They would not eat of the table of the adversary of Christ. The adversary of the Christ is the ones that want to say it's okay to force your neighbor to contribute to your welfare as long as you do it through men who exercise authority one over the other. We can call those men our benefactors. And they will send us a stimulus check. Christ said it's not to be that way with you. But evidently your pastor said you can be that way with you. So I guess you can covet your neighbor's goods through these men who exercise authority. Through the world. The governments of the world. Through what Jesus called the fathers of the earth. Because that's who your daddy is. Your daddy's going to take care of you. He's going to provide you with the benefits that you want. Free education. You already, like I said last week, you know, we have all of our programs. Uh, eventually, we share them all through the network. Go join the network. Like I said, if you, what we're doing is we're offering the opportunity of people to join up networks in Oregon, in Idaho, Canada, South America, Europe, 
South Africa, Australia. If you're hearing this, you can go to preparingyou.com or hisholychurch.org. Go to the network links, join up in the geographical area you are, and start organizing yourselves in the tens, hundreds of thousands. You people who can actually hear this message, that you have to care about others. Yeah, I know a lot of people who care about, you know, the, the fact that their neighbors are they're losing their business. But most people are more interested in how the shutdown is affecting them. They don't care about others. Or maybe they just have their little pet peeve, their little, their, you know, they don't care about the vaccine. They don't mind getting the vaccine. They just don't want to wear the masks. They want to open up their business. The thing is, you have to care about your neighbor's rights as much as you care about your own or you will all lose all your rights. That's that's what Minutemen had learned in the early days of the wilderness. They had to care about their neighbor's family, their neighbor's children, their neighbor's rights as much as they cared about their own. And they organized in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. Believe it or not, that's what tithing men were. The a tithing man, you know, that I mean they have distorted what a tithing man did. Tithemen didn't have a feather to tickle you if you fell asleep in the church. Such a thing did exist, but that's just like, that's one of those wives' tales. Yeah, I, I mean, like Lady Godiva rode through the town naked. People make that up so you don't know what it's actually all about. It's the tithing men that were spreading the news that the British are coming. They had ten men they had to notify you notified the tithing men, and that tithing notified ten other tithing men, and those ten tithing men notified ten other men, and then you had hundreds of men at Lexington and Concord. Of course, we don't want to get to the Lexington Concord stage, and if you get together now, you can start making a difference now. But if you really want to get the scales off your eyes, you have to really start caring about one another. And this is why I wrote this freedom of religion. Freedom of religion. Religion is how you take care of the needy of society. And one of the ways you do that is sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands and start helping one another out in any way you know how or can do. You have that right to do that. And we have the arguments laid out so you can do that. And you go read that page on freedom of religion. The second thing down is the free exercise clause. You get to exercise that right. Now, they're removing religious exemption in this new bill. Do they have the right to do that? According to the Constitution, that bill would be unconstitutional. But if you're going to go up against them and fight this with the same kind of spirit, I see people fighting, you know, the fraud in the election that they had in the United States. You're not going to win. I don't know what's going to come of that. Maybe they will get by this time. But it's amazing that they're having such difficulty because it's very obvious, all kinds of evidence, that the elections have, haven't... have I'm not convinced that as many people in Oregon have been voting Democrat for the last 30 years. I mean, when did the Dominion machines come in? I mean, graft and corruption has been around for a long time. If you read uh, uh, that free exercise clause, we get into it and start explaining 
once you understand that religion is how you take care of one another, how you protect the rights of one another, how you, you know, come there and, and, and show up. You know, I gave, gave examples like when they came to harass a business in a nearby town, People got wind of the fact that they were coming there and threatening to cite businesses, not forcing, because they kind of targeted us because there's a lot of conservatives in this this county. And so they wanted to shut us down. Of course, now they immediately, Oregon Health Authority sent people down to give everybody free testing. And, of course, they used the PCR test to prove that, oh, look at all these people. You're testing positive. You're testing positive. Positive for what? They're not telling you that they can't tell that that's COVID. They can't tell that that's just a winter cold. The, the PCR test doesn't show you that. You know, and I, I, I have people swearing, oh, yes, it does. And I said, well, no, it doesn't. It says right on the package. It doesn't. No, 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 it, it does. No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> Cognitive dissonance. Just the same as I say, no, you're not a Christian. A Christian, if a Christian is a follower of Christ, you have to be doing what Christ said. If you're not doing what Christ said, you're not following Christ. That's, that's just it. If you're following a false Christ, which Christ talked about, that many people would be following false Christ, they'd say they were following Christ, but they were actually workers of iniquity. They would be selling their neighbors out for a stimulus check. They would be turning in their neighbors to shut down their society because power is seeking to gain more and more control and they they just don't can't see it because they live in fear. I mean, if Christ said fear not and you're afraid, you're not obeying Christ. It's just every turn. But if you want to remain under the strong of delusion, then you don't have to listen to what I'm telling you. But if you want to practice pure religion... There is a free exercise clause that says you can do that. And if you organize like Christ said to organize, you will you will be better organized than the French underground during the Nazi occupation. So whatever's coming, you'll be better prepared. You'll also be prepared like the early Christians when persecution came. You'll also be prepared like the Christians when dearths came, famines came, wars came. Uh, invading forces came. You will be better prepared because you'll be in a network of tens, hundreds, and thousands with thousands of people who care about you as much as you care about yourself and as much as they care about themselves, I should put it. Because they have this room in their heart for the Spirit of Christ. Now there's the power. Just like if you're going to fall prey to the fear, their spirit is going to infest you you're not going to be able to see clearly. You're going to think that, you know, that a PCR test actually identifies you as positively having COVID. You will actually think that there is thousands of people dying everywhere when the death toll is actually lower than it's been in a, in a half a dozen years. So where are all these people dying? We know there's more people dying from suicide. We know there's more people dying from drugs. We know their crime is up everywhere. We know that. Why is the death rate thousands of people less than normal? 
uh, people are afraid to go in to get medical treatments for cancer and for all kinds of other problems. And they're dying. Yet the death rate is going down in the middle of a plague. <laughs> How is that possible? You said, well, well, the news told me that all kinds of people are dying from COVID. No, it said that there were more cases. If you have to have a test to find out if you have it, then it doesn't matter that you have it. Most people who get it don't even have symptoms because their immune system is already protecting them. You only get symptoms if your immune system was slow to protect you. You know, like you're an old man like me. You know, I was sick for two days. I didn't feel really bad, but I was tired and I slept, you know, which is really a lot. I mean, normally I sleep four or five hours a night. I mean, I slept for almost two days. I ran fevers when I slept, but uh I got better. Still have a little bit of a cough, but I've had a cough for the last 70 years because I... <laughs> You know, I was supposed to, like I said, die 50 years ago. <laughs> so, but, uh, God is great. So anyway, uh, you know, I, the, the last section on that page, well, the second to last section on that page is the importance of religion. The term, this term cognitive dissonance, it's like the blind leading the blind, developed by this psychologist, Leon Fetzinger is the expression of the unwillingness to see the truth, which is in conflict with what you may have already accepted as true. It is not true that Christ said it's okay to pray to men who call themselves benefactors, but exercise authority one over the other and take away from your neighbor, Neighbor, or worse yet, borrow against the future of your neighbor's children and your own children. Because that's what they're doing. Your stimulus is borrowed from the future and your children are going to have to pay that back. It is teaching people to depend upon the fathers of the earth. You could do this better yourself. If you get together in a network, there are many talented people out there and you start working at this. It's called seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness instead of the unrighteousness of coveting your neighbor's goods, borrowing against the future of your children, you know, uh, bearing false witness. All these things you're going on, making covenants with people who don't believe in faith, hope, and charity, but believe in force, fear, and violence. Because that's... You know, go read Polybius. Polybius saw it 150 years before Christ. People were becoming accustomed to living at the expense of others and depending for their livelihood on the property of others and began to degenerate, instituting the rule of force and violence and became perfect savages. Like that teacher screaming out her car window that hoping everybody dies. How many times have you heard that? People hoping all the conservatives die with COVID, who don't wear masks. Masks, it's insane that people don't even think that. Masks are going to stop COVID. You know, it's not. It's not. Chicken wire doesn't stop mosquitoes either. So this conflict, conflict that is 
in our minds and in our hearts where we don't want to admit that we are actually workers of iniquity instead of followers of Christ. Because we're instituting this rule of violence and force to force our neighbor to contribute to our welfare. That is not love. You know, I remember uh, when I had uh, uh, Chuck Baldwin's son on the radio show. We have a, You can go back and listen to the show and everything. They had this idea that Romans 13 meant. And they were not far off. And, you know, I'm not picking on them. But they didn't have it. Romans 13 is about the kingdom of God. It's about remaining subject to the higher liberty under God. And there's no question about it. If you look at the words honestly at the time they were written, that's, that's what it was about. But anyway, stick around. Come right back. And we'll see if we can't take you a little bit into Thessalonians. So from the beginning, Adam decided for himself what was good and evil. He chose to decide for himself what was good and evil for his own personal power and benefit. He was seduced into doing it and did not take responsibility for that seduction, but blamed the problem on somebody else. Adam blamed it on Eve and God, the woman you gave me. So blaming The problems we see in the world on government may be convenient to your ego, but it is unwise. The problems today are because you're not pursuing righteousness. The problems in society is because you're not willing to make the sacrifices necessary for righteousness to prevail in your society. You acquiesce to people who bear false witness. You acquiesce to the fact that your neighbor is brutalized or or robbed or or fined for things that are not unreasonable to do. You do not come to the defense of one another and that is the problem of society today. The conflict is that we see in this whole thing. And the conflict in your mind, the conflict in society is exemplified in the selfish nature of mankind and you have to become immune to that selfishness through sacrifice. That is the problem in all aspects of society. That is, socialism, like I say, is already here. You're already a socialist state. It's just about degree. You know, the Democrats want to have free college and you only want to have free grade school and high school. Both are socialist programs. We had free college without student loans in 1776. In Harvard and Princeton, if you could make the grade, you could go there and they had scholarships for anybody who did not have the funds. Funds didn't keep you out. If you weren't smart enough to go, you couldn't go. But there were other resources. Schools were started all over the country, and they were started by the militia. They were started by religious groups. They were started by free will offerings, not forced offerings. Once we got the idea that we could tax our neighbor and force our neighbor to pay for what we wanted as a benefit, we abandoned Christ. That's a fact. 
It may be an inconvenient fact to your ego or your imagination, but you are gay engaged in covetous practices and that has made you merchandise. That has cursed your children with debt. So the selfish practices of society when fed by the covetous schemes degenerates the members of society into perfect savages. And I have an article up there so you can understand how that process works. But that perfect savages would mean it's not my problem, it's their problem. When you realize that all the problems of your neighbors are your problems, then you're getting close to Christ. When you're gathering for what you can do instead of what you can get, you're getting closer to Christ. That is why the word Corban, which means sacrifice, comes from a Hebrew word, Hebrew, Hebrew word that means to draw near. The final product can only be overcome by individual and unselfish investment in the future and the forgiveness of others. That's what casting your bread upon the waters. It's an investment in others. Hoping that it may come back to you someday. That is the nature of God and the nature of the way back to being free souls under God. The idea of forgiving was taught by Christ and all the prophets. Forgiveness requires that at the very least... We sacrifice judgment of others and, de- and desire to judge according to the ways of Christ and the warnings of Christ and the apostles. This desire to judge others as if we are the authority. We say, this is what you should give. This, you know, you should pay for my college education. You should pay in here. And we're going to make you do it to the men who we elect to exercise authority. You've abandoned Christ as soon as you've gone down that road. That is not the way of Christ. That's the way of Caesar. That's the way of Nimrod. That's the way of Balaam. That's the way of the Nicolaitan. That, and God hates that way. So, you say you forgive. How do we test that forgiveness? How do you test that forgiveness to make sure you really have forgiven? You know, I I forgive him. I just don't want to have anything to do with him. I don't want to help him out. I don't want to help his kids out. I don't care about him. But I've forgiven him. Well, then you haven't really forgiven him. Because when you've really forgiven somebody, you can walk in the room where they are and you don't feel bad. They may feel bad, but you don't feel bad. You've forgiven them. You can help them out. You can be kind to them. You can sacrifice for them. You can sit in the same church with them. That's the thing. A lot of times people try to sit down in the tens, under the thousands. Well, I'm not going to sit with him. I'm not going to sit with that guy. He doesn't think like I think. Why can't you sit? I mean, it's a free assembly. You don't have to scratch his back. You don't have to say he's right. It's a free assembly. You're there to bring Christ into the assembly. To bring the light of Christ into the assembly. Because right now, people live in darkness. They think they're Christians and they're doing the opposite of what Christ said to do. So the only way to test forgiveness is through free will sacrifice, which we call charity. 
and to live by hope that other people will be there for you and not expect entitlements. I paid in, so therefore they have to pay me. That's a different spirit. That's not the spirit of Christ. The spirit of Christ is that I cast my bread upon the waters, I lay down my life for my fellow man, and and I hope that they do right by me. The same as, you know, like he hoped and prayed that Peter would repent. He knew Peter would deny him. He had already forgiven him before he even did it. Can you say the same? No, I don't want to sit with that person. No, church is, it has to make me feel good. I go to church to feel good. We see this uh, principle expressed in the modern pay it forward movement. You know, like, uh, okay, I can't, I can't pay back this person who helped me out, but I can pay it forward to somebody else. Which again, go back to Ecclesiastes and it says, cast thy bread upon the waters. Waters are always representing people in the metaphors of the Bible and the allegories of the Bible. And in Acts 9.18, and immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales and he received sight forthwith and arose and was baptized. The thing is if you start down this road sit down in the tens, hundreds and thousands even if it's you still have some selfishness in your heart you will. Undoubtedly you will. And start forming that network. Like I said, if all the people who said they were Christians were actually doing what Christ commanded, they would be in a network of tens, hundreds, and thousands. And when people tried to usurp the rights of their neighbor, a thousand would show up. When ten of their people showed up, ten thousand of our people would show up. They would slink away. They would have no power. And if you did it with Christ in your heart, there would be a magical, mysterious, I don't like to use the word magical, uh, miraculous power moving through your tens, hundreds, and thousands. Healing, cures. And uh, they would be afraid, not you. So anyway, uh, I included, I've been going through... Uh, I've been going through the prophets and we need to get back to that and I've been going through Thessalonians uh, as well. And uh, I put Second Thessalonians here. We'll go back and start Thessalonians at the beginning. But Second Thessalonians chapter 2, it says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. To say the word Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, Master, Ruler, Jesus, the Guy. That's his name, Yeshua, the Savior. Christ, the anointed. Christ, that's what it means, anointed. You need to be anointed. And by the gathering together unto him, we gather together unto Jesus in the character of Jesus who came not to be served, but to serve. Is that why you go to church? To serve or to get something out of it? To get a feeling out of it. No. To learn. You're supposed to be seeking the the, uh, righteousness of God. Not the feeling of righteousness. That ye be not soon shaken. Well people were certainly shaken by the COVID. In mind. 
or be troubled, afraid, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means. Not that, you know, that democracy is your salvation. That's a deception. That uh, free school is okay at the expense of your neighbor. Force your neighbor to contribute so you can have free education. No, that's a deception. That's the benefactors who exercise authority and provide those benefits at the expense of others. That's not Christ. That's not Christ's way. That's a covetous way. That's a covetous practice. And all these schools and all this Medicare and all the Medicaid and all the stimulus packages are all borrowed against the future of your children. You curse your children with the debt you don't want to pay for now. You could educate your kids without these public schools. You could get together and have rodeos and football games, touch football, basketball, whatever. You could do all that. It may take a little extra work and sacrifice. You don't need to force your neighbor to contribute. He may not have any kids. Why does he have to pay for your child's education? Because you're supposed to obey the government? You're supposed to obey God. And God said, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's goods. You do. If you want those benefits provided by those men who exercise authority, which Christ said you were not to be like, For that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. Yeah, you have been deceived because you have fallen away from the ways of Christ first. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth the exalted himself above all that is called God. He is the authority. The Oregon Health Authority gets to decide what happens to your children. Shall we sterilize this one? Shall we infect this one with a, a, a synthetic virus that will cause this child to make an antigen? Shall we do this? You don't get to decide. Your father, the state, gets to decide. How do we know he's your father? Because he takes care of you. I mean, it used to be that if you were going to get married, you had to go and ask permission of the father of the bride. I'd like to marry your daughter. Even Samson had to have his father go and ask permission and get permission. Today, you go to the state. These are just signs. I'm not picking on that one thing. It's everything. You have to get permission. And this is one more bill. This is just icing on an already frosted cake where the government is not the government of God, but it's the government of the of the son of perdition. The one who is in opposition to the way of Christ, which is the way of love and charity, not the way of force. And compulsion, a system that forces the contributions of the people makes the word of God to none effect because the sacrifice of the people must be voluntary for it to gain traction in your soul. It's as simple as that. 
it, it, it should be obvious, but I know that a lot of people are looking through a light dimly and not seeing clearly what is before them. But that is the case. That, you know, you see this same phrase, son of perdition, in John seventeen twelve. While I was with them in the world, constitutional order and system of government, that's what that word means. I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept. None of them is lost, but the son of perdition that the scriptures might be fulfilled. So who was the son of perdition? <laughs> was that Judas the betrayer who kissed Jesus? But it was a kiss of betrayal. Did you kiss Jesus, but you actually betray, betray him in your actions? What What is this son of perdition? It was the, it was the same Greek word in... Uh, in both cases, destroying, utter destruction, the son of destruction, perishing, ruin, destruction, of money, destruction. Well, the son of perdition is the son of destruction. So, is this vaccine just the tip of an iceberg that is on the road to destroying your family and your society and your life? It's, again, that this rule that's coming up that's going to try to... It's only going to force it to people who send their kids to public school and private school and any place where kids gather. So, why don't you all get together and start homeschooling your kids and gather unofficially? and free assemblies in the tens, hundreds, and thousands like the early Americans did, like the French did in uh, German-occupied France, like the early Christians did when persecutions broke out in the Roman Empire, like the Israelites did when they left Egypt, like thousands of different nations throughout history have gathered in the tens, hundreds, and thousands because it's the most practical way of gathering in free assembly. Somebody referred to what I suggested the other day as, you know, like we're, we're somehow creating another contract. N- no, we're, we're not, we're talking about free assemblies. The tens, hundreds, and thousands are just free assemblies. The only thing that binds you is honor and, and love. And caring for one another. When people help you out, are, are you bound by that? By some contractual agreement? Are you bound because I really care about that guy because they really cared about me when I needed help. It's going to take a while to cement such relationship, such fellowship, such communion into places. Communion is not a wafer of bread on your tongue. Communion is community. Of the same daily administration, the daily sacrifice in a living temple built without hands. That's how you construct the temple is that you actually come together to care. Not, again, just about your pet project like vaccines. You don't want your kids to have to get vaccines. So you don't want this law passed because you still want to send your kids to public school. Not enough. I mean, what is the point, you know, like the the guy who threatened the life of a 
a particular political uh, personality on Facebook. You're not going to get rid of evil with evil. (laughs) You, You get rid of cockroaches by turning on the light. They flee the light. They don't like the light. Turn on the light. And the light of Christ is the light of love for one another. That's all we're saying. It's that simple. Gather together and start loving one another instead of coveting one another's goods like Christ said. Start actually obeying the king and then there will be another king for you. But if you want to stay in your state of cognitive dissonance and believe not, no, we believe in Jesus. We have to obey the government. And the government says we must covet our neighbor's goods to the agency of their power and authority. No, it doesn't. You don't have to take the benefit. You don't have to desire benefits at the expense of your neighbor. You can take care of one another through faith, hope, and charity. You can't just flee the system. And say, well, I don't want any part of their benefits and I'm not going to be a part of their system. You need to, at this stage, you need to be a part of the system of Christ. In the system of Christ where people freely sitting down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands and taking care of one another. The whole church, I mean, he commanded that. That's how the church was organized. You wouldn't know that by going to your modern churches or your little isolated home churches. We got our little group over here but, you know, our minister's not connected with anybody else. Oh, he knows a couple other guys. It's not that it says in ranks of tens, hundreds, and thousands. Christ said this. Make the people do that. Because he knew they would need that. It's still going to be love is fueling the engine of the kingdom. Love for one another. Sacrifice. Love always requires sacrifice. Ask any mother. Ask any good husband. Father of his family. Does love require sacrifice? Yeah. (laughs) No. No, duh. Absolutely. So, what, what are you going to do now? You're going to go to preparingyou.com, find the network links, join up. You know, we're not going to pester you with a lot of uh, stuff that is not important. But, The real network is not the email network that you see out there on the surface. It's when you actually start sitting down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands and start showing up. Now, don't think you're going to join these and start dictating to everybody else what they have to think. You're going to have to earn the trust and love of others. Some will give it freely. Some will not trust you. But you don't develop trust by proclaiming yourself righteous. It's by seeking righteousness for others. So anyway, like I said, on on that page, I continue on with this uh, Thessalonians. And uh, we're going to run out of time, so we won't get to it. But I'll probably start Thessalonians from uh, the first chapter. But it says, remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. And now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth 
will let until he be taken out of the way. Okay, the mystery, the secret, that's what the word kind of means, of iniquity. The workers of iniquity. What? Who are the workers of iniquity? It's those people who think it's okay to covet your neighbor's goods as long as you do it through men who exercise authority one over the other in order to get benefits which are called the wages of unrighteousness that Christ said you were not to have anything to do with. They are provided by the mammon of unrighteousness. The mammon of righteousness is the treasure that you build up in the kingdom of God when you actually care about one another because those people will come to your aid. I'm telling you, come to the aid of your neighbors now so that they will learn to trust you and you can start building the righteous mammon. We already know you have the unrighteous mammon, which is the treasuries of the world that are built up with their gold and silver by forced offerings that make the word of God to none effect. You already have that. You not only have that, thieves and robbers have broken in and stolen it all. Moths have eaten it up. And now you're in nothing but debt. And you've been operating in the red for over a hundred years. There is no money in Social Security. There's never, it's never been operating in the black. Because it was started when you were already bankrupt. And the depression. (laughs) So anyway. Anyway, we have hundreds of recordings, hundreds of articles, thousands of footnotes. Come join us. Start seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And until you do, all I can do is wish and hope for peace on your house and may God be with you. So, God bless. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net.